Ladies, gentlemen, and Westernites alike, welcome back to another Western Reviews special. Or should I just say the Western special? This episode here isn't exactly like the usual specials I've done before, parodies of skits and talk shows and the like. This episode is a tryout for a new series of episodes to be made in the weeks or months to come. This is Westerns Bits and Things. Now here's some more info for this show. I, the Western Wonder, picks up some random events that might have happened in the past week of each recurring episode, and I'll provide my commentary and thoughts on said event. Whether the events be music, movies, TV, or as I progress, video games. Plus, in true movie podcast form, I'll go over the recent weekend's box office results at the end of each episode. More to come on this front. Now with that in mind, let me get down to the topic of today's episode, Versus. Or, <laughs> sorry. With that in mind, let me get down to the topic of today's episode, Versus. So a quick refresher for those that don't know what Versus is. Versus is a recurring online live event featuring a friendly or most of the time neutral or chaotic music battles between two different sets of black musical figures. Anywhere from solo artists to bands to producers to songwriters have taken part of this event since it started up during the early fragments of the COVID-19 pandemic. And when I tell you plenty of folks about it on there, take my word for it. Among some of the popular ones that have happened so far out of many, T-Pain vs. Lil Jon, Teddy Riley vs. Babyface, Nelly vs. Ludacris, Erica Badu vs. Jill Scott, Kirk Franklin vs. Fred Hammond, John Legend vs. Alicia Keys, DMX vs. Snoop Dogg, Brandy vs. Monica, Gladys Knight vs. Patti LaBelle, The Isley Brothers vs. In the words of Steve Harvey, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ashanti vs. Keisha Cole, Keith Sweat vs. Bobby Brown, Bow Wow vs. Soldier Boy, Fat Joe vs. Ja Rule, Shaka Khan vs. Stephanie Mills, Anthony Hamilton vs. Music Soul Child, Mary Mary vs. BB and CC Winans. The list continues. But the verses that transpired mere days after Juneteenth was something like I've ever, ever seen in the verses history. On June 24th, the event dubbed A Night of R&B went down. Perhaps they should have called it a night of exposing vocals for better or worse. The event started right at the top of the hour, 9 p.m. Eastern Time with the usual versus DJ set. I'm not going to say much on the set itself, but I would be a lar if that DJ didn't remind me of those disc jockeys who would always switch up songs every 30 seconds to a minute, making it tough to keep up the vibe of the musical event without getting frustrated with them. Hey, bro, come on now, dawg. Come on, man. Then came the first pre-show in Versus history, and possibly also its last. Two singers were divided into two teams, Sammy and Plesha P versus Ray J and Bobby V. That's a lot of one-letter names here. Seems like a nice little matchup made in R&B heaven. Or so folks thought. <laughs> this is when things get chaotic. The vibe and camaraderie between the competitors were borderline aggressive. They seemed more like rappers than R&B singers with Bobby V and Pleasure P taking shots at each other several times, and poor old Ray J, aka Brandy's little brother everyone knows about except for Jack Harlow, aka the guy selling Bluetooth earbuds, blundering his own tune, One Wish. Superstar, wish to have a fancy car, wish to have a million bucks, go. Well, I wish I 
My question to him is, how did he think that this would be okay? And then has the nerve to yell, To my baby's born, to my baby's born, to my baby's born, to my baby's born. in his child's ear and then blame the poor kid for his lackluster, mediocre Verka performance. Where is your accountability, Reynaldo? Uh, sorry, Raymond. And to make matters worse, the other three competitors banded up together like boys to men to make their own little gospel-like version of One Wish, while Ray J is visibly seen fuming on camera because he was left out. He then proceeds to clap back at them by saying that out of the four artists on that stage, that he's the only one who owns Y'all, his masters. I've been interrupting my song, singing the songs, getting singing the harmonies. I start again, acapella to try to serenade Princess. Here y'all go, one wish again, like damn. Like, just let me get one off. The ungratefulness. <laughs> Why the people that you try Shit. to help be so that, ungrateful? And that, and that was Ray J's one God wish. Damn. All y'all been talking about is one wish. One wish, right. one wish. One. All through the promo, let everything. Y'all can't off. get enough of one wish. God. Let Ray J get his wish, song yeah, off. Damn. All y'all is mad because y'all don't own y'all hits. That's what I, I said. I own all my shit. Ray J, that's what I said. I, I own all my shit. shit. Yeah. While Pleasure P was disclaiming the words from his classic with Pretty Ricky, Grind with me, relax your COVID mind and take your time with me. And Bobby V was on the Stevie Wonder tip blowing lead on piano and microphone while signing more out of breath than Kanye at the BET Awards this past Sunday. Sammy was the strongest singer out of this batch. A good feat considering that folks have been saying that he doesn't have a vast catalog like the other singers on that stage did for the pre-show. So boom, he won that round. Honorable mention, pleasure P for the crowd control and stage presence. Ah, and stay tuned for R-E-S-P-E-C, wait a minute, R-S. VP, a supposed new music group on the way with Ray J, Sammy, Bobby V, and Pleasure P, per their latest IG Live together, but take that with a grain of salt. If they do happen to be a thing, I would suspect a lead single would probably be called Till My Baby's Born, coming to your local R&B station this fall. A long hour of waiting on the main attraction followed after host and comedian D. Ray Davis tried to cut down time into the 3-5 to five business day wait for Mario vs. Mario, but he could only do so much because he was going by what the producers backstage were telling him to do. Now, in between the time, I was able to watch The Color Purple three times, I snuck in the watch of the Gandhi biopic, I counted from 100 to 1,000, no, sorry, 100 to a million, and they still were not yet. Now, eventually, after D-Ray Davis declared, I can't take this shit no more. The two main acts finally took the stage. And oh boy, did the chaos turn up a notch. 
Now, at first, it seemed as if the two musical artists seemed to be low-key and chill, even though it seemed like one out of the two wasn't feeling the accolade the other was giving. So, boom. Here comes the first of many heart palpitations or meditation would feel this evening, with Amario sneakily bringing out some guys that resembled Big O's first group, B2K. But obviously and thankfully, it wasn't. Mario proceeded to rip into a meditation for not bringing his boys on with him for the show. Well, let me just say this before I split the highlights of the two acts. I had a bit of a feeling that Mario would pull through vocally despite Omarion and having a more recognizable catalog, both group and solo-wise. And it's pretty much how I expected it to go. Big O's vocals left for the Midnight Train in Georgia and it never returned. So he was stuck making up for it with choreography and sex appeal. At one point, he was dry humping his mic stand, and at another, he brought out his brother Orion to imitate eating out the opposite sex with split watermelons. That probably explains why they were running late. This man was probably at Costco with his brother asking him, Hey, hey, you think, you think they had some fresh watermelon? O'Melon also brought in some dancing clowns from a film he did with his group of the 2000s called You Got Served. Now as for Mario, <laughs> good old Mario, what did he do best during this versus, you may ask? Well, he sang. Cause I can hear you, baby. I can hear you. It is and sang. I'm feeling, daydreaming, gotta have a life. One more time. I won't scuff her up, I'll lace her up. Right, treat her real good, 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 good. And sang. How will I see when your love brought me? Baby, where do I go? Yeah, when you're not with me, how do I breathe? Yeah. Absolutely terrific. Beautiful vocals all the way throughout. He also brought some top-tier comedic clapbacks and jokes at the expense of his competitor. Now, other than the aforementioned B2K slight, Mario also climbed on one of Amarion's future guests, Jeremiah. Mario advised him not to sing any further, but what do you think he did? <laughs> he kept singing a little more. Mario also briefly stunned on O's second guest, Tank. Oh, y'all niggas singing to each other too? Y'all gonna sing to each other? Go ahead, go ahead. I know that's what's coming. Go ahead. I wanna watch. I wanna watch. Baby, scream, oh, whoa, whoa. Ugly, but it's not my verses. I love y'all. 
I think after all is said and done, the clear winner by default is... It's me, Mario! Argue amongst yourselves, but this was the most brutal beatdown in Versus history. I mean, sweeping six dudes under the rug in a single night should get this man a plaque or something. I'm sure the next Versus won't be as chaotic. Or will it? Now it's time for me to wrap things up with... Western's Box Office Report. Covering the past weekend's box office results and the next batch of new films out on the horizon this week. Usually out by Friday. For movie buffs fascinated with numbers of this sort, this section might be for you. Starting at number 10, we have The Bad Guys. The animated film from DreamWorks grossed over $450,000 this weekend for a total domestic gross of over $95.7 million and a worldwide gross of over $242.8 million. At number 9, The Bob's Burgers Movie. The animated film, based on the television series of the same name airing on Fox, nearly grossed $500,000 for a domestic total of $31 million and a worldwide gross of over $33.3 million. At number 8, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. The action dramedy film grossed over $526,000, making up a domestic total of $66.1 million and a worldwide total of $89.3 million. At number 7, a new entry on the list, a movie called Jug Jug Geo. The Bollywood film opened up with $725,000, making up a worldwide total of over $1.1 million thus far. At number 6, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The Marvel film grossed $1.7 million this weekend, making up a domestic total of over $409 million and a worldwide total of over $950 million. Just less than $50 million short of making that $1 billion mark. Could it make it? We'll see. At number 5, Lightyear. The animated Pixar film based on the character in the classic Toy Stories films grossed $18.1 million this weekend, making up a domestic total of $89.2 million and a worldwide total of $158.9 million. At number 4, another new entry on the list, The Black Phone. The horror film opened with over $23.6 million, making up a worldwide total of $42.9 million on opening weekend. At number 3, Jurassic World, Dominion. The Avenger film from the ongoing three-decade franchise grossed $26.7 million this weekend, making up a domestic total of $303 million and a worldwide total of $756.1 million. At number 2, Top Gun Maverick. The action film grossed $29.6 million, making up a domestic total of $520.8 million and a worldwide total of $1 billion. Fun fact. This is leading man Tom Cruise's first film to gross over $1 billion worldwide during his 40-year career. And finally, at number one, another new entry, Elvis. The biopic drama based on the true life tale of late rock and roller Elvis Presley opened with $31.2 million, making up a worldwide total of $60.7 million. Now while these movies are up top, that doesn't mean that certain entries can't be dethroned. Out of the batch of new films coming out this Friday, July the 1st, the biggest film set to make waves in the box office is, of course, Minions The Rise of Gru. Now given the fact that the Despicable B movies have been hits time and time again, I wouldn't be surprised if it easily dethrones Elvis next week. I'd probably be more surprised if it doesn't make the top 3 at all. Another film being screened at over a thousand theaters is titled Mr. Malcolm's List, but it's only expected to make a low top 10 debut this weekend, if at that. Other films out this week will be screened in limited theaters. Those films are including Pacerville, starring Brian Austin Green of Beverly Hills 90210 fame, Code Name Banshee, starring Antonio Banderas and Jamie King, 
The Forgiven, starring Jessica Chastain, Ralph Fiennes, and Matt Smith, and a documentary about the late folk musician Leonard Cohen. Now, are you planning to see any of these movies? Let me know your thoughts regarding upcoming films that you're excited to see by either emailing me at westernreviewspod at gmail.com, that is westernreviewspod at gmail.com, or reaching out on my Twitter page at reviews underscore western. You can also follow the show on my Instagram page at westernreviewsofficial. This episode was mainly a tryout or pilot episode for a future set of episodes that I'll do, giving my own commentary on a variety of different and random happenings that have happened either to the music, movies, TV, or video game world. With more to come, of course. Without further ado, I hope you stay tuned for my next episode, which will review either Chippendale Rescue Rangers or Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I hope you enjoyed this particular episode, and I'll see you all on the flip side. I'm the Western Wonder, and I'm signing out. Until my baby's born, that is. Bye, have a great time.